0: Good morning. This is Michael Stola for the Stola Real Estate Report on the Cats Roundtable. Today I have a very interesting and hardworking individual who is the guru on real estate, especially residential and luxury residential, Stephen Kliegerman, who is the president and CEO of Brown-Harris-Stevens Development Marketing. Thanks for being here. Great to be here. Thanks, Michael. So what's really happening? You know, the press tells you some things, then you read the other regs. Are we in a good time? Is it good to be an
1: owner or a buyer? What 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 do you see out there? I think right now it's a good time to be a buyer, uh, but it's not a bad time to be a seller either. Uh, 2023 has actually started off relatively strongly in buyer demand. Open house attendance is up tremendously from the fourth quarter of twenty two. Uh, We're starting to see a lot more contract activity as we went into February. And I, I predict that the next couple of months are actually going to be very active on the buy side. But I do think that buyers have a bit of an opportunity to take advantage of the weakness that we saw in the second half of 2022 and get a slightly better deal than they could have a year ago. Now, where are the opportunities? In the borough of Manhattan or are they in Brooklyn? Mostly, I would say, in Manhattan. Brooklyn has such a small supply of condominiums available right now. Brooklyn's pricing is actually very strong, even up a couple of percentage points year over year. Uh, Manhattan, we're down a couple of percentage points. There's a little bit more inventory in Manhattan, particularly um, in, in the upper end of the marketplace, over $5 million. We're seeing a lot of activity right now in Manhattan between one and a half million and four million million and $4 million. Still a lot of... Uh, Parents buying with their adult children uh, and the foreign buyer, particularly the Chinese buyer, has come back very strong. So, where do we see uh, 2023 with regard to
0: the regular market, the lower price? You're talking about the two to three million. What about something that's affordable
1: to someone? Well, right now, affordability in Manhattan really falls between about a million and three million dollars. And that's, again, the most active area of the marketplace where supply is actually constraining quickly. So I think if someone's looking for a one-bedroom or modest-sized two-bedroom or even potentially a small three-bedroom in the $1 to 3 or $3.5 million range, I would be buying now because uh, in the second half of the year, I don't believe there's going to be much inventory at all. You know, we didn't have very many housing starts, obviously, during COVID or just post the 2020, the 20, to 2022 range, so the number of new apartments being brought to market in that one to three million, one to four million dollar range is very low. Uh, a lot of the development that's occurred throughout Manhattan over the last five years has actually been the upper end of the marketplace, where you know you're talking five million dollars and up, uh, twenty five hundred dollars a square foot and up, and and that's where there's some inventory building up. But the medium size, the the average size apartment, there's actually dwindling inventory. Now, what about the the rental market? You were talking
0: to me outside saying that uh, the rental market in Manhattan is as high as $90 a foot or even higher.
1: Even higher. Uh, the The rental market in Manhattan is trending to a hundred dollars a foot. Actually, so the for, rental. For,
0: so, for my audience in layman's language, what does
1: it mean ninety dollars a foot? You're looking at you know uh, studio apartments in the four thousand dollar and up range. One bedroom apartments at five or six thousand dollars a month. Two bedroom apartments between seven thousand and ten thousand dollars a month in Manhattan. Uh, Brooklyn is trending at seventy dollars a square foot, and in Brooklyn Heights. Uh, Avery Hall has a project that is averaging over $90 a square foot. Long Island City is solidly uh, at about $70 a square foot. Upper Manhattan, Harlem, we're getting $60 a square foot at a project that we have called The Smile on 125th and Lexington uh, Avenue. So rents are trending higher. Why? Because, again, supply is low. Uh, There was not a lot of new housing starts over the last couple of years and demand is high. Uh, Students are coming back. A lot of West Coasters and Midwesterners coming to New York City for jobs, and a lot of people who were, uh, you know, kind of pushed out of Manhattan during COVID are now coming back as well. A lot of companies are also finally asking their employees to come back to the office, which is also increasing uh, occupancy rates and reducing supply. Now, you're
0: a a a suburbanite, uh, and... uh you know the what's happening in the New
1: Rochelle, Yonkers market. Again, those markets are being also uh, take. Are, the developers are taking advantage of uh, the short housing supply here in Manhattan and in the boroughs. Uh, I was working with some developers in New Rochelle and downtown New Rochelle when we started working together three and a half years ago. We were projecting somewhere between thirty-eight and forty-two dollars a square foot rents, and we were really struggling to figure out how we would get to forty-two. They're at fifty-plus now. And occupancy is, uh, is increasing quickly. They were, some of those buildings were only renting 10 units a month two years ago. Now they're renting 25 to 30 units a month. So the, the absorption is happening very quickly. You've got about 7,000 new housing units in New Rochelle, downtown New Row alone, uh, about the same coming or being built in Yonkers as well. And those markets are both seeing those very strong $50 plus a square foot rents now. What's happening in Flushing? uh flushing is is again uh you know a marketplace that saw the condo market uh, expand tremendously over the last 10 years uh from a sub $1000 a square foot market to a $1400 or 1500 a square foot market uh on the rental side again same thing you know very low supply and again you're looking at rents $60 plus a square foot
0: but you you were saying to me that people aren't building today Because, you know, they don't have an idea what's going to happen with the 421A program.
1: Yeah. So if if a developer already didn't have a footing in the ground, uh, there's there's really no new development happening right now on the rental front because without a tax abatement, I don't know any developer that can make a rental project work. uh, And thus, you know, I think for the next three to five years, we're going to be in a housing shortage here in New York. Uh, The only real... uh, large percentage of inventory that's coming is to Gowanus, which was recently rezoned. And then you've got uh, a a number of new housing starts coming to uh, Washington Heights and Inwood because of the rezoning in Inwood as well. Uh, And even there, you know, the developers in Inwood had originally projected, or they were hoping to project $50 plus a square foot rent, and we were struggling to figure out how that would happen. But now with where rents are the rest of the city, we think that they probably struck gold. What about Mott Haven? Modhaven also is about $50 extra square foot. Absorption's a little bit slower, um, but, you know, with the number of housing starts there and the, the level of buildings that are being built there, we're starting to actually lose uh, upper Manhattan, Harlem tenants to Modhaven. So that's, that's happening. I think it's going to take a little bit more time, uh, but it, it, it certainly is not going to back up. I just think it'll take a little bit longer to absorb.
0: What about Coney Island? A couple of developments
1: yeah, we don't do a lot of work out in Coney Island, but, you know, that area, I mean, you know, has seen a tremendous boom, you know, over the last 15 years, really, starting actually with the condo market, um, you know, out, out in that area. And I think Coney Island's another area, you know, East, eastern, eastern Brooklyn is another area that has actually probably the most opportunity for development because there's more land available there. And, you know, now with a lot more people working from home, I think that those opportunities are going to Um, be more taken advantage of than they were in the past. When you
0: bring up people working from home, are you seeing more amenities in the buildings for the people who are working at home? Yeah, just about every... workspace and the other amenities. Yeah,
1: just about every building that's being built right now is being built with some type of, uh, you know, WeWork type of uh, amenity space, and they're getting bigger and bigger. But you're also seeing apartments now being built with secondary spaces, home offices, so that... and, And... in the past, that home office would be maybe, you know, you've got a, a friend who wants to stay with you and, and, and they'll occupy that. Now that home office is actually being used as a home office, uh, you know, and we're building into those amenity spaces. It's not just the the workspace. It's the Wi-Fi capability to to. Uh, be able to manage the number of people that are working from that space at any one time, and it's all the other amenities. Now it's the coffee bar that goes with it, or it may be a cafe that goes with it because people are there all the time, not just coming in and out. So,
0: what do you th- is is it a time to be a buyer or th- being a renter? What do you what do you, you know? If somebody comes to, should I buy or should I rent?
1: Well, I, I'm I'm always a proponent of buying because uh, no offense to to my landlords out there, but if I'm going to pay a mortgage, why not pay my own mortgage and not pay my landlord's mortgage? Um, I also think just in time with the short number of new housing starts in the condo market, I do think we're going to see appreciation in the future. But if you're really looking at a short-term situation, I don't know where I'm going to be two or three years from now, I would probably rent. But if I think I'm going to be someplace three, I would say five to seven years, I would be a buyer. And again, a lot of the buyers that we're seeing right now are are getting assistance from their parents and a lot of that is wealth preservation uh, and diversity in their portfolio. You know, and a lot of those parents also think that one day maybe, you know, when their adult child moves on to their next place, maybe they'll occupy that unit either as a second home or, or a primary home as they downsize from the suburbs.
0: You know, with regard to tenancy, what about the retail tenancy going into these buildings? What are you seeing?
1: Well, you know, you still see a lot of the same, like a lot of the banks, a lot of the coffee shops, shops, a lot of the, you know, CVS's and Dwayne Reads. I am a little bit concerned about retail in general in the city. Uh, You know, a lot of the retail space was eaten up by these CBD and and, and marijuana stores, which now they're going to start cracking down on. So I am a little concerned that that crackdown, whether it's warranted or not. And I'm not going to get into that political conversation, but that, that that crackdown is going to create some urban blight because all of a sudden you're going to have a lot of empty retail space in really beautiful neighborhoods. And we know what happens when retail space is empty. People tend to occupy the doorway, the foyer, they, they spray graffiti. So I, I think the city, although it should obviously enforce the laws, should be really mindful of what that could have, what impact that can have on different neighborhoods as well. What about the West
0: Side? I know you have two hundred Amsterdam. You had a large sale tell tell me about we that j-
1: We just had a large sale there the forty fourth floor for about twenty one million dollars that was about forty five hundred dollars a square foot. The apartment has the most incredible views of the city north, south, east, and west. Um I tend to think that those views are even better than the views from the southern part of Central Park because you actually get to see the entire city uh you know. Uh, That buyer, it was a uh, second or third home for that buyer. They used to live on the Upper West Side. They moved out of New York. They came back to New York. They actually only wanted to live on Central Park West. Their broker convinced them to come over at 200 Amsterdam, and they were so impressed with the building that they actually decided to live on Amsterdam Avenue instead of Central Park.
0: So, you know, my Crystal Apple, which I've always used, is shiny because it sounds like the residential rental market is strong. The condo market looks pretty good. And things are going to be positive for 2023.
1: I think so. The rental market is certainly strong. The condo market has started off the year in a positive light. Uh, You know, I think the first six months of the year will be excellent uh, for uh, both landlords and both buyers and sellers, frankly. I think the second half of the year we still have to see how how that crystal ball looks because, you know, there is – conversation still about interest rates rising. So I think, again, if a buyer wants to get into the marketplace, now is the time, because rates might go up in the second half of the year. So I'd like to thank you for being here today. Thanks again. My pleasure, Michael. Thank you.